you made it to level two, deeper questions leading to deeper answers. I'm Tomas Garza, and I'm here to help you decide to transform. I'll be setting the pace for the process to support your unfolding. Learn and commit to a practice that brings simplicity and an awareness of what is ready to be released. Join me now and allow the experience of a deeper sense of love. Hello and welcome to Decide to Transform. I'm your host, Tomas Garza, and I hope that you're in the mood today for a lot of fun. Wherever you are, we've got fun in store for you today. Joining me as my special guest today is Dr. Roxana Roshan. Roxana is formally educated in botany, ecology, toxicology, and environmental biology yet has been studying and practicing energy medicine for more than 10 years. She made this switch as a result of her own healing journey in which her chronic allergies, asthma, and immune system imbalances were cleared. Roxana loves to laugh. She has a very unique laugh so that people track her down by following the sound of her delight. Even strangers have come over after she releases a deep belly laugh. Decades ago, she was asked by a group of community actors to come to all their performances so that other patrons could absorb and mimic her enthusiasm. Roxana recognizes that laughter can uplift the mood for individuals and shift the energy in groups. She uses laughter as a healing modality in a similar fashion to how it has been used for centuries by indigenous cultures. Roxana understands that life is a balance between the heavy and light emotions. As we evolve as a species, humanity is ready for more love, light, play, laughter, acceptance, joy, and understanding in our lives. I love it. Roxana, welcome. Thank you. It's great to be here. This is a pleasure, and the listeners out there, Roxanne and I have known each other for about three months when I interviewed her on a former work project that I was involved in, and, well, we, we laughed an awful lot and connected, so it's my pleasure to welcome you here today. Let's talk about, well, let's talk about laughter as a healing modality, because you have quite a story. You are a doctor. Now, is this a PhD that you have? Yes, it's a PhD from the University of Guelph in Ontario. Mm-hmm. And the PhD is in toxicology and environmental biology. Okay. So toxicology is the study of environmental pollutants and toxins on people, the environment, fish, plants, other organisms. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, I went through hardcore science and recognized that science has a purpose, and yet it's what laughter, laughter heals, mm-hmm. right? So, yes, yes, we can study organisms, we can study the environment, we can study the effects of chemicals, pulp effluents, mine effluents, commercial products, and yet yeah. the laughter... And the healing is what's changing individuals. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So given that scientific background, I mean, at, at what point, you know, I, I know that people are going to be curious. I'm curious. At what point did you begin to make that, that shift from, um, from science to energy medicine? I recognized it was time to leave science when I was coming home from work crying. Oh, <laughs> it, it was, yeah. It was, it was a real eye opener. And so in 2005, I had two really good friends that died of cancer. Mm. And so that too was a a critical period when I went life's too short to not enjoy every single moment of what you're doing in every single day that we really need to value every breath, every moment, every conversation, every sunset and sunrise. And it took me several years after that to figure out which direction to go. But it was sort of like, I always feel that that 2005 period was this turning point where it's like recognizing it's not working for me. What else do I want to do? Yeah. Now, was there one specific moment, because this show is all about transformation and in any journey, of course, it's a journey. But was there one moment where... you know, you really made a a shift. The, the critical moment that last straw Mm -hmm. was when a client wanted us to videotape their environmentally preferred product after we already knew the results and compare it to a more toxic product. And I had to watch the video and watch the organisms die. And I just bawled my eyeballs out and said, that's it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because to me, me, that's that critical moment that you're talking about is me as a sentient being needed to end hurting other organisms just to say, yes, this is toxic and no, it's not. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. Right. And, and what, uh, what kind of, if you don't mind sharing, what kind of beings were we talking about that you were watching die? They, they were rainbow trout fingerlings. Ah, yes. Okay. So right. then, yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. And, uh, you know, there are all kinds of, of uh, different experiments going on. And um, yeah, so that was the, the breaking point for mm-hmm. you. Okay. So now once you were at the breaking point, what was your immediate next step? My immediate next step, it was, it was, I actually need to say it was several fold because I really started taking courses and a whole bunch of things. So mm-hmm. I've also trained in permaculture forest gardening. Uh-huh. So we do not own a lawnmower. We haven't owned a lawnmower in eight years ish. We've, we've planted our yard with wild edibles. We've got two pawpaws, northern pecan, butternut, no, um, chestnut, berry bushes. So in the summer, we can just go out and pick currants and raspberries and blackberries. And, and we live in a city. So I've got a 50 by 100 yard, 100 foot yard, 50 feet by 100 feet yard. And... You know, we've got herbs and vegetables and plants outside that we can just eat and they're part of an ecosystem. So they, you know, we've got wildlife in the yard, even though we are in a city. Um, So that was the first step. And the second step was to really recognize my intuition. Mm 
Mm. So one of the, the turning points, one of those moments was recognizing how intuitive I am. So I was still in the lab wrapping things up and my husband called me and he goes, you'll never guess what I found at work today. And I burst out a dead deer. Mm. At that point, he was working at the city of Guelph um, recycling plant. Who would ever guess that you found a dead deer in the recycling pile? Okay, that's... Oh, okay. Right? Mm. So it's sort of like, and then my intuition just kept opening up and opening up. And then I just started taking more and more courses. So it was September of 2010 that I took my first course in energy medicine, the okay. acupressure points. And it was like, mm -hmm. I bawled my eyes out every single day in the course. And yet I knew this is what I had to do because it was a different kind of tear. It was the tear of, oh my gosh, this is so scary, but oh my gosh, this is so exciting at the same time. Okay. Right? So it's that whole yeah. other kind of feeling where, oh my gosh, this makes so much sense. And okay. it felt right. It just felt good. And yeah. so it was four months after that first course that I quit. Mm -hmm. And I just, yeah, I left the paycheck. I left the benefits. I just said, can't do this. Bye guys. So, and I did have a little contract in there with sustainable food systems to like, so local sustainable food and promoting it, right. To have the paying gig while I finished my coursework. Yeah. But it was like, okay, I got to jump. Okay. Yeah. And you did. And I did. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I did. know you're glad, right? <laughs> every, every single day I wake up and it's like, I'm grateful I'm doing what I'm doing and I'm grateful you know, I can mm -hmm. choose what I do today and I'm grateful mm -hmm. that I'm facilitating other people and their journeys. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned so many things that I, I think people can relate to. And even if people are not, if okay. listeners are not in the situation where they, um, they find themselves with that kind of freedom, I think it's something that's, well, you know, I think we should talk about it because maybe someone out there listening will take the same leap. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. And what did that feel like this, the, the, in the days and weeks that followed that? It was, it was the feeling of exhilaration. All right. And, and it was the switch from fear into knowing that this is what I needed to do. Right. Cause I don't know anyone that said way to go because most people like a paycheck. Most people like benefits. And it was just knowing that that's what I really needed to do. I just needed to leap and keep following the stepping stones, keep following the doors that opened. And yes, I'm not in permaculture and forest gardening now, but we've got a beautiful land and I love it. And we talk to all the neighbors and the dog walkers every single time they walk by. So the feelings were, you know, this whole mixture of uncertainty because this is not what people in North America do, but also <laughs> knowing that in order to follow my heart and follow my truth, this is what I had to do. Yeah. And it was also at that period that I recognized that this was my life and it didn't matter what anyone else thought. It right. didn't matter what colleagues or old friends or other people thought 
This was mm-hmm. my life and my choice. Yes. And if I was coming home sad, that wasn't a good way to live a life. For sure. Yeah. 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 I mean, it, it really isn't. And, uh, you know, this has been a part of a larger healing journey for you. Yeah. Now, you mentioned um, in, in your bio, uh, you, you talk about having allergies, asthma, and then having energy medicine really help you heal that. Now, was this after you, you left the scientific world? It was, it was all part of the process. Okay. So my first allergic response was when I was two years old. Oh, oh. So I was helping my mom bake, got covered in flour because I was two and I was playing and woke up the next morning covered in hives. Mm. So they took me off wheat for six months and then reintroduced it slowly. And then I was in my 20s when I finally realized that not everyone else has a tummy ache every day. Okay. Because I didn't get the hives, I didn't get the external acute reaction, but just by eating wheat, gluten, products that North Americans eat, I had this abdominal pain every day. And so that's when I actually started adjusting my diet, reducing my stress. That's when I started down the road of yoga, meditation. So mid-20s, late-20s, early-30s was all this exploration about, well, how do you eat at a restaurant with no wheat, no rice, no dairy, no eggs, no bananas? So my whole list of food allergies was like, I don't know, 15 items. And mm-hmm. so I really started learning how to make a lot of my own food and buy local. Um, I was one of those people that when I'd eat an organic peach, I'd be okay. When I'd eat a conventionally grown peach, I'd get hives down my mouth, like at the back of my throat on the inside. Mm-hmm. And so that's when I started really focusing on organic, on local, meeting my farmers and that process and when i was in the toxicology lab i felt like i was the bubble girl Mm -hmm. because they actually used like i'd be sitting in my office writing a report and i'd actually have to walk down the hallway and request that other people put a chemical in a fume hood because i was smelling it oh sure yeah and there was a time when they painted the walls with latex paint and i left coughing because I was having trouble breathing with the latex paint. Um, so yes, that I was, I was the canary in the coal mine. I was the guinea pig. I was the, mm. right? So yeah. to me, the healing didn't, the healing was a life process. Okay. And it didn't start or end in the lab, but that was a part of it. And so when I started with the energy medicine, it was one of the acupressure modalities. And I had that for many years. And then I was also reading a lot, reading on care of the soul, reading the dance of anger, reading um, women who run with the wolves, like all Mm -hmm. these books on self-discovery, self-acceptance, understanding your history, your journey. So I would say that all of that kind of thing really helped. So I use 2003 as the date that I was like healed okay. from my allergies because I that was the year, 2003 was the year I last renewed my EpiPen and Puffer because I said I was done. Mm, okay. okay. And that's what happened with my cat allergies too. 
was my husband rescued a, a really tiny kitty and he's like, I think I need to bring the kitty home, but what if you react? And I was like, well, you rescued this kitty. You guys are energetically tied together. <laughs> I need to not be allergic to cats anymore. So I actually had three energy medicine sessions on me around reducing my cat allergies. And we brought that kitty home and we lived with him for a long, long time. And we now have two cats. Okay. And we've gone through this whole series of fostering cats and helping cats that need transition and loving homes. And, and so, yeah, when I was in my teens, I was allergic to all mammals, like dogs, cats, horses. I couldn't walk by the barn at the University of Guelph campus without puffing. Okay. And not be, like my whole face was puffed up and I couldn't breathe and I had to sit by a tree. Hmm. In, in grad school, I tell people I couldn't even walk up four flights of stairs without puffing. So I actually feel healthier now than I did in my 20s. And we're talking, it's been a while. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you, you don't have to say exactly how long. Yeah. That's been, it's not a requirement on this show, but I'm 49. So there you go. So yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll out myself. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so this is so interesting because I know there are so many listeners out there who have allergies and who have some sort of a, a transformative journey or they're searching for that. And uh, you know, do you recommend any specific modalities for someone that might be an allergy sufferer? The way I've started looking at it is every single individual is different mm -hmm. and that every single individual needs their own way of doing this. So to me, as someone who's had allergies, what we've, where we've gotten is we've stopped listening to our bodies. Yeah. And so for me, if I had to pick one thing out of everything, it would be listen to your body again. And so the example from my life was I would go to the grocery store and I would look at the fruit and it would be, which fruit do I need to buy? Would it be apples, oranges, a watermelon, some cherries, grapes? And I would muscle test, use applied kinesiology. Sure. And then you get to the point where you just start intuiting it, mm -hmm. right? It's like yeah. this bag of apples, glows or looks different or is saying, pick me, buy me. Mm -hmm. um, I do that when I make food. It's like, what does my body want for supper tonight? Do we want soup? Do we want a salad? What does my body need and want today? Okay. And that's how I eat. And so for allergies, your immune system's overwhelmed. Your immune system isn't recognizing what to respond to anymore. It's thinking everything is an allergen. And so it's calming down your immune system by listening to it. It's okay. like, yes. right? Is that making sense? Absolutely perfect okay. sense. Okay. Yeah. And I hope for listeners it will make sense as well. Because that's something that a lot of people um, don't consciously recognize that, that should be tuned into is trusting your own body, yeah. trusting your own heart, trusting your own wisdom, innate wisdom yeah mm -hmm. so yeah. one of may i continue you may most certainly yes please okay. so one of my body cues when i had the allergies and so a body cue is when your body actually gives you information yeah so when i was still in toxicology people would find me by my having a frog in my throat i would be constantly clearing my throat like every couple minutes and people would walk 
up and down stairs because they were following this sound of my throat clearing. And so that was a body cue that I wasn't in the right place, that I wasn't eating the right things, that there were things I needed to say that I couldn't or felt that I'd be reprimanded for. Oh, sure. And so with the food, it's like when you hold an apple, does it, does it make your body feel strong and resilient or do you feel weak in your stomach? Cause maybe apples aren't right for you today, or maybe that's a conventionally grown apple and you need to pick up an organic apple and see how that feels. Um, you know, fast food, even the thought of fast food makes me nauseous today. Uh, right. Yeah. Right. Like I just, I haven't eaten in a fast food restaurant, like the big chain since 1992. Oh, okay. And and I, yeah. I remember specifically it was okay. a trip to Mexico uh, and I was like perfect digestion all the time in Mexico. I get back. The people I was traveling with wanted to go to a fast food restaurant. I won't name the one, oh, but okay. I had, all I had was French fries and I felt sick all right so those french fries the ones that uh people commonly think are, are really really good yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Where, as a kid they sell those really really good french yeah. fries yeah. with uh with um you know a, a clown named ronald those french fries. <laughs> you got it we didn't all have right. to say a name we didn't even have to say it grimace hamburglar yeah <laughs> those french fries yeah yep, those french fries <laughs> Well, you know, I was going to ask you exactly which uh, fast food restaurant and, and when and what time, because those are the details yeah. that people often remember. It was, it was September 1992, <laughs> after a trip it. to Mexico. All right. And, and yeah, it was like, okay, my body can't tolerate fast food. End of story. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. And, and, well, and, well, you're not missing anything. No, right. like completely. <laughs> See, to me, that's part of immune system health is yeah. when we eat things that are poor quality, how can our body be healthy? Right. Right. Yeah. Well, it, it can't. And it's amazing how many people don't actually draw that, that inference, uh, that, that connection. Mm -hmm. but, but when they do, it, it's, it's a game changer for sure. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, as we were talking about Ronald and, and Grimace and Hamburglar and, you know, thick shakes um, with, which aren't actually milk and ice cream, of course. Okay. Um, if you just found that out, you found it out from me right here. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, it's not actually milk and ice cream, is it? Uh, but uh, anyway, um, you know, we were, when we were talking about that and this, this uh, global food chain, you know, the laughter just came out. Let's talk about this because this is the gist now of of what you're you're teaching and, and sharing with the world, and that's laughter as medicine. So, you know, was there a time, or if it goes way back, it goes way back. But when did you first become aware that people started gravitating to you because of your laughter? Okay, so. <laughs> I would, I would say that I really, as an adult, recognized that people were gravitating to me was when I was doing my master's. Okay. So this would have been late 80s. Um, and finally recognizing and realizing how much I love to laugh and how important it is to laugh. Mm -hmm. Because life, life hands us rotten apples someday 
and yet it's it's how you look at it you can look at uh, you can look at your own shit pile or you can yeah. turn it into compost to grow flowers yes right so every single human being has trauma they've got drama they've got past hardships and current hardships and yet if we mope if we get stuck in the pain and the sadness and the grief it just perpetuates more sadness and grief and so yeah it was really during my masters that i just started letting it go letting it loose and yeah it was at like in between my master's and my phd i worked in a small town in manitoba and that's when I went to the community theater and just laughed my heart out Okay. because it was so funny. And it's like, even now I still love going to comedy nights and I still love laughing just about life and everyday moments mm -hmm. because when you're chuckling with family and friends and laughing about things, the heavy stuff becomes lighter. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. it, it does. And I think that people get this on a, um, on a gut level. Yet, uh, you know, why do you suppose that so many people are hesitant to really engage that? Um, for me, a piece of it is cultural. Uh-huh. Um, for myself and a lot of people I know, we were taught to be more serious. We were taught you know, to be studious, to be a good student. We were taught, you know, to follow the rules. We were taught to obey mm -hmm. and be quiet. One of, <laughs> one of the things I remember from when I was really young was that old nuance about children are meant to be seen and not oh, heard. Yeah, yeah. And oh my, my gosh, I've had to outgrow that one. Like, mm. it's like really feeling like, you know, that was not helpful because as a kid, kids love to laugh. They love to have fun playing in the autumn yeah. leaves, running along a path, playing in the pool or a lake or a pond and climbing trees. Like yes. I love to climb trees, but I came home with scraped knees and ripped pants and you just, you know, that wasn't feminine. Oh, so right. Oh, yeah. so, so for me, it was so important when I became an adult to just really outgrow some of those old adages and old patterns and really recognize that a belly laugh can change my energy and it can change the energy and the feeling of people around me. Yes. And okay, so one of the examples from from my life mm -hmm. was my father passed away in 2008. Oh, okay. And yeah. in his memorial, the minister led my sisters and I out into the foyer and somebody said something funny and I laughed and he still had his mic on. So the whole congregation heard my laughing and to me, that's how I wanna remember my dad. Mm -hmm. Yes, I'll miss him as a human being, but it's laughing about flying the kites and picnics and you know going and hanging out with the snakes in manitoba like the garter snakes there's a garter yeah. snake cave and so uh. 
it's remembering the good times, the fun, not yeah. the heavy stuff. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. And, and you see it in different, you know, we've made reference to North America, uh, particularly, I mean, and so, you know, listeners, uh, we do have a worldwide audience, but uh, those of you listening from New Zealand and Australia, well, you've been influenced by uh, the same culture. But, um, you know, in North America, it's true. Um, there is this adage, children should be seen but not heard. There's a certain seriousness. Uh, there's a seriousness to business that, that kind of stifles freedom of expression and, and, and laughter. And, uh, you know, I mean, you've mentioned something that really resonates with a lot of us in your bio, and that's that humanity is ready for, for a change. Would you say some more about that, you know? Um, I am looking at this period in human history as a pause, as a time Uh, for reflection. What do we really want out of life? I don't want to be put in a box anymore. I've never liked a box. I like to be expansive and big and joyous. And whether it's, (laughs) whether it's, you know, people outside of us that have made us feel small, whether it's parents or government officials or medical professionals that have made us feel small and not important. Mm -hmm. To me, this period in human history is so critical to becoming the species we really want to be. The species that takes care of each other, the species that hugs and laughs and has fun and celebrates life rather than mourning life. Mm-hmm. Um, it's feeling like I want to tell a story from one of the indigenous healing traditions I've it's, learned in. Yeah, yeah. So this period in human history in the Mexica tradition, in the tradition of Mexico, the southern states, Central America, the Nahuatl, we mm-hmm. are in the transition between the fifth sun and the sixth sun. The fifth sun was when we were a teenage species where we bullied and we had all these archetypes. As we move into the sixth sun, we grow into our adult phase, into a species that takes care of each other, that takes care of ourselves, that listens to ourselves. Is this job right for me? Is this meal right for me? Is this relationship right for me? Is this feeding me? Is this making allowing me to be my best self if no you say no and set a boundary if yes follow it and this dawn of the sixth sun this plate this time in human history that we're going into i'm excited to be here this is this pivotal point in our species evolution that we reduce the fear that we reduce the anger and those heavy emotions from taking over our reactions Mm -hmm right? That we can shift and change and be our best selves. Nobody came into this world wanting to be their worst self, but that's what we do. That's what we've been feel like we've been forced to do. Mm -hmm. And now we have this opportunity, this potential to really just love ourselves, love everyone, love every human being and plant and animal and bird and fish and amphibian. And just recognize we're all on this planet together. Mm-hmm. 
Yes, uh, this is uh, this is really beautiful, and this brings up a lot of questions. This is one of the things that I was going to ask you, and I'm glad you started on this. You mentioned indigenous cultures that that practice laughter. Now we just mentioned the the Mexica, what people might otherwise know as the, as the Aztecs, which was a you know, it's it's Mexica from uh, from the Valley of Mexico. Are there others that you've studied with? Um. I've studied most of the time with the Mexica. So two okay. trips to Mexico, 2013 and 14, both mm -hmm. in February. We've had teachers come to Ontario that I've studied with. I've done a teeny bit of studying in sort of with some of the indigenous cultures from Ontario mm -hmm. in terms of that they also used laughter. And okay. I just actually heard this story yesterday and it feels worth repeating now. With the Anishwabi, that are native to Ontario, okay. their practice was to even laugh during ceremonies. Because as a species, we get so into our mind, into our mentalness, and then when we're spiritual, we think we need to be all from the crown chakra and all bright and light, but the laughter grounds us. Mm -hmm. The laughter brings us back to humanity and back to being a human being. We are a human being in this body because we need to be both. We mm -hmm. need to be physical and run and play and go for a bike ride and a walk and play in your garden and laugh. And we need to be spiritual with doing self-exploration, finding out what works for us, finding out how we can connect to ourselves energetically, to our true inner self. Yeah. What is it that we're here to do when we find that message? So. To me, so many cultures have used laughter and it's just spontaneous laughter. You just start laughing because you need to laugh. Laughter can shift the trauma in your cells. Laughter can open your chakras. Laughter just dissipates things and, make, and makes what feel, used to feel overwhelming feel so, like something you can handle. Okay. Yeah, I, I love that. Feel like something that you can handle. Yeah, so it's very empowering. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love it. Okay, well, so tell us about your trips then to to Mexico. Uh, okay, yeah. so in both February of 2013 and 14, mm -hmm. they were both spiritual pilgrimages. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, there's a okay. center in Mexico City. Um, that focuses on bringing the ancient wisdom forward. So one of our teachers, Sergio Magnana, has written three books. Sergio Magana has written three books. And we read his first book back in the fall of 2012. So I read it first and then gave the book to my husband and he's going, but you need to go, you need to go. And it's like, but I don't want to go by myself. So he read the book and he goes, okay, I want to go. And I don't quite know why I'm going, but let's do it. And what, so for me, it was the healing traditions, how ancient cultures used earth-based wisdom to heal the body. So earth, air, yeah. fire, water, mm -hmm. you know, connecting to the land, all of that was what really appealed to me. My husband loved the language. So he 
can speak Nahuatl oh, yeah? to a certain extent, extent. He's not fluid because he hasn't found somebody to speak with yet. <laughs> but <laughs> he, right. Yeah, so when we went back in 2014, he went back a week before me because he actually took a language course. Mm -hmm. He took an intensive language course and he's taken online courses since then. And so on these trips, we'd go to the ancient sites and we'd learn healing techniques at the ancient sites. So each site had specific purpose. So Tula is, is one mm -hmm. of my favorites. And yeah. Tula, they actually translated it into the place of no time, right? So time is a human construct. And yet in indigenous cultures, it flows. Mm -hmm. The past and the future and the present, they just all flow together. There's there's more fluidity versus this rigidity that we have in Western cultures of, you know, I'm regretting what I did in the past or I'm anxious about the future because I don't know what it holds. It's yeah. this different way of looking at it. And the second time we went, standing on top of the pyramid at Tula, I could actually feel time shifting. Okay. Right? And yeah. seeing and feeling time energy shifting and f flowing mm -hmm. backwards and forwards yes and to me, yes to me to me it's so beautiful mm -hmm. because when we accept that time is fluid we can heal our past and open up to our best future mm -hmm. versus hanging on to these regrets from things we did 10 years ago 20 years ago it's not serving any purpose now so when you recognize that time's fluid and you can let it go, it gives you permission to move forward. I love that. Okay, yeah, it gives you permission to move forward. And yes, it's very interesting, the, the description. Uh, now, is that, um, it seems like that would be one of those experiences that is beyond words, is it in a way? Um, it's definitely beyond words. So that takes me to since I started talking about the time of the sixth sun and how humanity is shifting and these ancient lineages in which we've studied, I've been getting goosebumps. Right. I've been getting energetic chills. And mm -hmm. so I often call these truth bumps, truth chills, right? When I'm tapping into something to information that the listeners need to hear, tapping into information that humanity is ready to hear. Mm -hmm. And I get covered in these goosebumps. So as an intuitive, I'm kinesthetic. I feel things. I feel other people's yeah. energy. Yep. And so as I'm sharing these stories and the hair standing up on my arms. <laughs> yeah, me too, it, by the way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> For the listener, um, me too. Yeah. Yeah. So, so to me, this is why it's so powerful. Yeah. And this is, this is how we know it in a way that's beyond words because mm -hmm. we're feeling it. Mm -hmm. We're feeling the shift. We're feeling the change. We're feeling energy move and change. Yeah. 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 And we're shedding what we don't need anymore. Mm -hmm. We're shedding the old beliefs. We're shedding old patterns old ways of living that aren't serving anyone. 
Right. Yes, most definitely. And and well, I can I can relate to the the feeling of of goosebumps and um, yeah, all of that truth bombs or truth bumps. Excuse me, not a truth bomb, but a bump. Truth chills. I love I love this. Yeah. And and then so Roxana, what would you say to people that are yearning? Because you know they're out there. They're listening right now. People that are yearning to experience this, but maybe are a little afraid or they're hesitating somehow. You know, what would you say to these folks? Okay. So for me, fear is a normal human emotion. Fear is at one end of the spectrum and it's balanced by excitement. And so we have this teeter-totter of emotions. You can have the teeter-totter dragging you down into fear, or you can slowly adjust the teeter-totter to come to balance to come to balance where the fear turns into like a nervous anticipation. Like what's next? What can I do? Yes, I'm doing things differently than my parents did or society has done or society wants me to do. But oh my gosh, it feels so good. It feels so right. Yeah. It feels like what I want and need to do. Mm -hmm. And so you build on that little bit of nervous excitement and go, okay, I can do this. And do it in baby steps. It doesn't have to be monumentous. It can be that first step of picking up a phone call, picking up the phone and making a call. It can be watching a pod or watching a webinar or listening to a podcast. Mm -hmm. It can be reading a book. It can be pausing in your day and saying, hey, today I'm going for a walk. And then you breathe and always remember to breathe. Oh, yeah. Go for your walk and breathe. <laughs> and then the fear takes a back seat. The fear becomes the observer. And you just ask the fear to observe for a little while because you want to try something new. You want to try something different. Okay. I survived going for a walk at lunch. I survived making a phone call. I was energized by watching this webinar and listening to a podcast. Okay. I can do that. Okay. I can do another thing. And you build on it and you grow. It, it's not like each one of us is going to go from zero to a hundred overnight. Right, we, right. We yeah. each need to say, okay, today, this is what I'm going to do. And, mm -hmm. and there will be human days. That's what I call them. Human oh, yeah. days where you just can't do it. Human days where you need to take a bath and have a good cry. Mm -hmm. Just because right. that's life. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it is. And, and um, you know, it just seems that people don't often give themselves the permission to do that for all kinds of reasons, like we've uh, talked about yeah. on the show here today, including North American culture. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it, it's actually interesting because as you were just saying that, just before you used the word permission, I was feeling that permission, that word is so important mm -hmm. because we need to give ourselves permission to laugh. Permission to have fun, permission to yeah. live life the way we see it, the way we want it to be. Yes. So I really feel that as a species, we need to take responsibility and give ourselves permission to laugh, to love, and to have our best lives. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we do. Uh, agreed. Give ourselves permission. So that that's... That's uh, deeply, deeply resonant. Um, so important for all of us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then, so Roxana, you work with people um, 
and you you help them laugh. So, you know, what does that look like for people? Because I know people are wondering, how do I work with Roxana? You know, what's that look like? Right. So I work with people one-on-one or in small groups. One-on-one, um, okay. -on -one, sometimes in person, sometimes on Zoom or other online platforms. I'm sure. And, and, and can we just do a little exercise here? Yes, let's do it, yeah. Okay, let's do it, let's laugh. Okay, okay. so in the Mexican tradition, mm -hmm. you just start laughing and let it go. There's no build up, there's no work up to it. It's uh, not like in yoga where you practice smiling first and then, <laughs> right? Yeah. We're just yes. gonna start yeah. laughing, so right. let's let it go. <laughs> 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 oh. <laughs> so how can you not smile and laugh with that how can you not yeah. feel lighter after yeah. that yes how can you not we challenge you to say that you feel <laughs> heavier after this <laughs> we do yeah but you can you can email me tomas at tomasgarza.com and if you email me and say i felt a little heavier after listening to roxana's show i'm not gonna believe you so sorry yeah no <laughs> i love it okay well and then what's what kind of results do you do you begin to see in the clients and people that you work uh, with then well so everyone feels lighter and happier afterwards mm -hmm and different people feel different transitions. Laughter can affect blood pressure. It yeah. reduces stress, right? Like in the last six, eight months, stress has gone rampant. Mental illness has gone rampant. Yeah. And the way to back that out, back yourself out of that slippery slope is to practice smiling and laughing and breathing and walking. We, we can't laugh without proper breath. Right. When we're holding our breath in our upper chest, we can't get that deep belly laugh. Mm -hmm. So it's like laughter, it or laughter mirrors the air element. It's part of the air element. And so bringing that into your life. And so, I mean, people can heal physically. They can heal emotionally and mentally through laughter. It yes, can, yeah, yeah. It can, and I actually believe that physical healing only comes after there's been um, an emotional or energetic block. Mm -hmm. So if someone's holding something in, that's when it leads to an illness or a disease. Correct. Right. So by laughing, laughing, you break up the block. You release the block, you help it shift and move. And so trauma can store in every single cell. And yet by laughing, it can break it up. It can shift it. It can move it. It can flush it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. It can flush it. <laughs> Down it the toilet. Like. Down. <laughs> Down yes. the toilet. I love it. Okay. Well, so Roxana, this is wonderful. And I know that people are are listening here and they're wondering, no doubt, how can I get a hold of okay. Roxana? So how can people reach you for more information? Okay. So feel free to call or text 519 400 5463. Okay. And my email is my first name, R-O-X. 
A-N-A, -A, so single N and an A at the end, at R-O-X-A-N-A-R-O-S-H-O-N.com. Roxana at RoxanaRoshon.com. And the website is my name as well. So, yeah. All right. I love this. Okay. Yeah. Thank you so much because uh, this is uh, something that we'll, we'll just repeat here. So um, the telephone is, is Canada. So plus one, right? 519-400-5463. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Okay. And then email Roxana, R-O-X-A-N-A -A, at Roxana Roshan, R-O-S-H-O-N.com and roxanaroshan.com for your website, right? I, I paused there because <laughs> I was trying to think if it's .ca, but it is .com. Okay, all right, yeah. 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 Well, that would have been a great catch, yes. Yes. Before I publish it incorrectly. Yeah. Well, okay. here. And I'm actually <laughs> pulling it up just to double check. Oh, hey, that, that's all right. Yes. <laughs> yep, so it's dot com, RoxanaRoshan.com. Yep. All right. So this is this is really, really wonderful. And Roxana, I've learned a ton and, and we've laughed and I knew we would. I knew we would have a great time. I really, really appreciate your your coming on the show here today. Is there anything else that you would like to say before we wrap up? I have, I have moved to the point in my life where I love my life. I love to laugh. Every single human being on this planet is ready to learn how to love to laugh and love your life and be here as your best human self. So whether your, your introduction is through this podcast or any other way that comes forward, please start laughing and learning to open your heart to love love of self and love of every single being so thank you very much i need to say tlazo kamadi which is nawat for thank you all right yes and how do you say you're welcome in nawat that i don't know okay <laughs> well you're most welcome in english and then it's, it's been <laughs> well, uh... <laughs> we can say gracias in Espanol, uh-huh, you got it. Yes, well, and so Roxana, thank you so much for, for joining us today. This has been a really wonderful experience and I, I again, have had a really great time. It's been a pleasure. It, it's been beautiful being here. I love sharing these stories and talking to other people who are, are at the cusp, at the fork in the road mm -hmm. to new adventures. Yes, and if you're at the fork in the road, you're listening to this and you're at the fork in the road, get a hold of Dr. Roxana Roshan and you will have fun. So we can promise you that. See, often people promise that you're going to have fun and they don't deliver. Yeah. No, no, Roxana is going to deliver. All right, so thank you all for tuning in to Decide to Transform. I'm your host, Tomas Garza, on behalf of Roxana. Keep laughing, please, okay? Have a great day.